So I, that's that's when I started to dig in when I was doing that. And, and I really, really wanted to be a part of this kind of a company. It didn't feel like a company. It felt like a culture and a community. So then to find that there's actually another, even more bona fide, like really, really like inclusive, open, free community built from within that. So like you have the Red Habit business and then you have the Red Hat sponsored project like Fedora and CentOS like that have just this whole other world behind them. Like I can't tell you how fortunate I, I, I do feel sometimes to happened upon this. on the show today is Eva Maloney. Eva is a team member on the community platform engineering team at Red Hat. So Eva, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So first question is, what is the community platform engineering team? Oh, <laughs> uh, to try and pull that into one sentence is probably impossible. So um, I'll do my best though. The community platform engineering team is pretty much what it says on the tin. We, we are... Um, we are the team that engineers the platforms that communities work in or distros. So uh, this particular team has has ties in with both the Fedora uh, communities and also with the CentOS community. So we make it it's pretty diverse and interesting to say the least. We don't just have one focus area; we have multiple. Okay, so it's not every day is not the same as the prior oh, day. God no, okay. <laughs> no. And I'm in a position of trying to plan the days, so you can imagine the fun oh. that that is. <laughs> Yeah, even better. So when you were a young girl frolicking around the fields of Ireland or, you know, the cities, you could have been a city girl. Okay. Okay. Did you ever think that you would be working for one of, if not the largest tech companies in the world, i.e. IBM via Red Hat? God, no, no. I had, um, I had much smaller aspirations. All right. I was, uh, no, tech, tech never really crossed my mind. I was always interested in writing and people and horses. So uh, some of those you can do on a computer, uh, maybe the last one, not so much. So no, working in, in, in software industry definitely wasn't, wasn't where I thought my life would end up being. Okay, well, so let's, let's dig into that journey a little bit. And we can do this out of order, so we don't have to go in chronological order. Okay. But what was the point where you started to then change your direction into the tech field? Like, what was that moment? Or was that a, a span of a year, a couple years? Um, I think it was a little bit more longer. Uh, more of a slower burn. So my it kind of sprang about from a an employment my employment career. So when I I began my employment life, um, young enough I think I was about sixteen when I had my first job and I kind of stayed there for ten odd years, and in a local airport actually, and you had to I was checking in doing passenger service stuff, but you had to use um, particular software. Uh, to check in passengers and, and all the rest. And I ended up being the person that people came to when things weren't working because I, I didn't find it very difficult to pick up on the on um, the commands that you needed to use or anything like that. And I liked it, but I, it never really clicked at me that I really liked it. So I just I just found it easy, straightforward. I was efficient at it. It was fine. I was able to help anybody who got stuck. Um, and then a colleague of mine started to do a part-time course locally in WIT in IT. And I remember asking, like, what's that like? Like, how much of a, a jump would that be from what I'm doing now to get in there? 
actually he works with me now in Red Hat, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but um, he's like, nah, you'll be absolutely fine. You'd definitely be interested to do it. So it was always in the back of my mind that like, yeah, maybe I overlooked tech far too young, uh, but this is something that I, I could have a, an interest in, a curiosity, definitely. Um, but I never actually did anything more formally with it until I finished in that job. I went into hospitality again, reception desk. I mean, computers are everywhere. We can't do anything with that technology these days. Everything has an application that you have to use. And I was always handy enough with picking them up. But it was always shift work up until that point. And I wanted out of shift work. And then a, a job came up in Red Hat uh, for the uh, office coordination position in here in Waterford, a Monday to Friday job. That, to be honest with you, was, was the main driver of like, I would like a, a steady job in a very established company. Oh, it has computers. That's cool. I could probably pick up something along the way there too. In When I was preparing for um, the interviews, I read a little bit more about Red Hat and what it was about. And like, then there was the, the revelation of, holy shit, they did all this for free. <laughs> I mean, they're making money from something free. So that was my first kind of insight into like, the open source world. And from there, once I got in the door at Red Hat, I was able to explore a little bit more on like what it actually meant to be interested in software and technology itself. So let's let's dig into that first kind of revelation about Red Hat because I, I have tons of friends that aren't in the open source world. And when they when they first start to kind of wrap their brains around it, they get really confused because they're wait, hold on a second. So you work for a company that doesn't actually own what you sell. <laughs> yeah. How how does that work? Like did that take you a t some time to kind of wrestle with that thought? Or was it just kind of like the okay, well they've been successful, so Let's go with it. Um, I, not, neither, to be honest with you. I read it and I was kind of a little bit blown away by it. I was uh, a bit like, um, do other people know about this stuff? <laughs> like, is there others that do it? Um, it was it was really interesting to me that like they were able to take something and completely give it away and still be able to make a business model from it. I remember tell, saying that to, to my mom, who there's another, um, there's another software company in Ireland, in Waterford, where I'm from. And I remember telling her before the interview, it's like, yeah, they have this whole like this whole base in open source and uh, and freedom of press and all this this really cool kind of things, and they take they up to have the the source code available and just download. And she's like, yeah, our company does that too. And I'm like, what? There's more. <laughs> so like, I started with a small snapshot, preparing for an interview, and it just completely expanded from from there. Like, it's so much bigger than people realize. Well, people like me who would never have been as interested from a young age would realize. And then trying to explain that to my son is a little bit challenging too. It's like, what do you make though, man? All I get is t-shirts and cups. I'm like, aren't you lucky to be getting those t-shirts and cups? They're in high demand. And they're nice t-shirts too. They are. <laughs> More please. So did you have any knowledge of Red Hat before you started doing that research for that interview? Or was it just a company that offered a stable nine to five job, so to speak? Yeah, um, no, not not a one. Um, I was, I came to, to Red Hat in a, a very family driven pursuit. And um, so I was a, a single parent and I, need, I was, my son at that stage was in school and he was, um, he was there Monday to Friday and I wasn't in work Monday to Friday. I was in work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was missing all of these like opportunities and moments of his life that I wanted to be a part of. When he was smaller, it was absolutely fine to be working shift. And, and you know, I was managing that because, you know, things, like things are easy. You need to be a bit more flexible and that, that small. But I wanted to be able to 
have something a little bit more stable for him going up and be there a bit more and just more of a career, if I'm being perfectly honest. I didn't feel like I had a career book at that point. I had a job. So um, I did my, I applied to Red Hat. I actually found their interview, their, their interview, their application process really interesting. They um, they had some very interesting questions that you wouldn't, I wouldn't have came across. Like I have, I had put in applications for other pharmaceutical places or um, doctor's practices or things like that. And it was your very stereotypical, like submit your thing and we'll let you know and blah, blah, blah. But Red Hat asked a question of like, why would you like to work for us? Cool. They want to know up front, like that. Like they're getting people who are invested. So I, that's that's when I started to dig in when I was doing that, and and I really, really wanted to be a part of this kind of a company. It didn't feel like a company; it felt like a culture and a community. So then to find that there's actually another, even more bona fide, like really, really like inclusive, open, free community built from within that. So like you have the Red Hat the business, and then you have that have sponsored projects like Fedora and CentOS like that have just this whole other world behind them. Like I can't tell you how fortunate I, I, I do feel sometimes to happened upon this. And it was driven from it was driven from a very family orientated reason. So I'm not dead, I guess. Yeah, well I mean, you know, when when your child's growing up, they, they only grow up once. Yeah. And you you need to be there because you can't roll the clock back and then oh well hey that thing that happened last year I want to I want to go revisit that so I can be there like you exactly, really need to yeah. be available when the time comes yeah so that you can walk with them as as they grow so speaking of of growing you join Red Hat you're you're new to the whole concept you're you're new to the whole culture were there were there things or people at Red Hat that really helped bring you up to speed so to speak in just how the open source culture works. I mean, I know Red Hat has, you know, orientation and all that, but was were there specific instances or specific people, and you don't have to call them out if you don't want to, that kind of helped mentor you into understanding that deeper understanding of open source? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I joined first, there was, um, I'm very fortunate to say that the person who kind of took me under their wing when I joined first was one of the people who interviewed me and is now my actual manager now is a guy called Lee Griffin. People might know him from around, but from, from the very first time when I interviewed with him, I was like, damn, oh my God, I might have made a friend here. So when I was actually offered the job, like he was the first person I reached out to and he was more than happy and, and willing and seemed genuinely interested in walking me through well, these are the actual origins of Red Hat as a company. And you'll learn, like you said, like with the new higher orientation, you'll learn a lot through this, but like, here's the fundamentals. And that was cool. That was like, I was very, I was the office coordinator. So, I mean, the Red Hat culture was the main thing. But then when I went for the job with Community Platform Engineering, obviously what came with that was more of the community aspect of of Red Hat for up with Fedora and CentOS. So I was, uh, yeah, I got a great, great mentor when I joined CP. Uh, two, in fact, two French gentlemen, uh, Pierre Yusseron and uh, Clément Vernon. So they they genuinely went out of their way to really inundate me with, with everything that I needed to know about the open source culture, especially uh, Pierre's or Pingu as people are, are familiar with him. We still meet every single week. He's still talks me through certain aspects of things. Uh, I would, I'm very privileged to consider him a friend and a mentor as well, but like he was genuinely one of the main people to really, really coach me in how to understand and how to be a, an active member of an open source community in ways that would matter. 
Because there are particular ways that really matter. And then there are ways that people really don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I love about businesses that embrace the open source model is in contrast to a lot of businesses, like if you want to go get a job as, I don't know, a salesman somewhere, when you go in for that interview, there's the expectation that you already know everything about the job that you're going to apply for and that you're going to do. So you land on day one and we can just kick you out the door and you can do it. Whereas in the open source world, there's kind of a different aspect in that we don't expect you to know everything because we all know we don't know everything and we're willing to bring you up to speed. And I've always found that to be so much more inviting and also beneficial for getting people into the field because there's not that barrier of, well, I have to have all this experience before I can get the job, which I need to get the experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like any job that I've had previous, you got two weeks max of an onboarding. And after that, off with you. Like, and that's two weeks generous. So to come into a job in Red Hat and in community and actually have people go, don't worry about it. We'll spend time at this. I'll talk to you again. We'll have three months. Maybe after six months, you'll feel like you're able to do this. I was kind of going, you're having a laugh. Who has the cameras? I'm being punked. Like, there was no way that that was, that was a real thing that people could uh, afford this much time with me to onboard me and make sure that like, I, I felt comfortable with this. And I'm glad that they did. I mean, I, I would not have, I would not have felt as confident talking to, to people in the open source communities or stakeholders within the business if I didn't know that I had those people behind me, coaching me, taking that time out. And it, it meant an awful lot. And it's not something that's generic across the board. I think it could be very explicit to to That's one thing that I've definitely heard from all my friends that work in Red Hat is that the company has that culture mm. of investing in the people. It, it's not just we're trying to do this thing. They understand that their employees themselves have innate intrinsic value and that if Red Hat invests into the employees, the employees produce better work, which then benefits Red Hat. Now, I'm going to assume that the same would be for you because all the people that I know at Red Hat have always said that that's one of the the main things that they love about the company. I assume for you, that's the same? Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't necessarily feel like one of the number, which is nice. Probably am, but I don't feel it. So, <laughs> so are, there other, are there other aspects of Red Hat that kind of stand out to you as things that you really, really love about the company? Yeah, the flexibility. Like, God, I mean, you can, you can really like beat your own drum in your career here. There is, there is the space, there's the flexibility to decide that you like, you don't have to stay in one particular lane. I'm, I'm living, breathing example of that. Like I'm, I was office coordinator, which is a damn hard job. I'll have, you know, so big shout out to any office coordinator and managers out there. Like, I mean, you, you think dealing with customers is bad, <laughs> deal with the people who work with the customers. <laughs> right. They're your customers, but to um, to have the flexibility to go from office coordination into software coordination in the same company is pretty pretty cool. Like to try and divert that into another career, I think would be a lot harder. Do you feel that Red Hat is comfortable and maybe even uh, encouraging of individual employees kind of authoring their own career and not just here's the slot you go in, have a good day? Oh, definitely. They, there's even on internal training, like, I mean, there's loads of, there's loads of courses that you can take. There's, they have prerequisite courses if you've never heard of, like, so there's like open shift courses that you can do. I, I never, I don't deal in open shift. I, I have, there's people that I work with that deal with open shift. Um, but if I wanted to, I know that I could go in to the, the Red Hat 
university online and there's probably some prerequisite courses, but better yet, there are people on my team that would actually say, yeah, we'll jump on a call, I'll screen share and we'll walk you through it. Uh, do you know what you're asking for? <laughs> but uh, they like, and not even on my team, to be honest with you, I could probably lay down my hand to two or three people in the wider um in the wider positive technology or organization that would yeah, sure, I'll give you, I'll give you a rundown on that. Just as an example. I don't want to know it, but just as an example. <laughs> right. So yeah, there there is as a company, they they really do back employees steering their career. So one thing that I've experienced with open source companies is that the the company structure, obviously you have the whole classic business structure. But there's the added element of, you, you mentioned culture before, but kind of a, a company community where even though everybody has their own different positions in the company, there's still kind of this community that everyone recognizes. We're all kind of on the same level within this community and we're all working together. Is that something that A, you've experienced in Red Hat? And then B, is that something, if that does exist, that you've appreciated? Definitely. I think I might need to just use a smaller example to answer this one better. Okay. But I would, um, I would be, before COVID, I would have been Waterford's office-based. So there's a, a lot on my immediate team, a lot of people that have been, that are remote and it's it's harder to def, it's harder to uh, feel that sense of community remotely sometimes sometimes i'd like to think we do a good job of it now but in the office i have definitely experienced that because the people in the Waterford office would not have all worked on the same team or even in the same areas so like we would have had uh, people from the technical uh, from technical writing organization we would have had engineers we would have had people in like um consulting you know so there was very there was loads of different uh, areas within red hat working in the same place and everybody kind of got on there was never you can't talk to him because he was a senior architect and don't talk to her because she's only an office coordinator you know like there was no there was no um silos based on ranking you know we could we, we all go out and we all meet in the canteen and we all have a coffee and you know talk to whoever you want to talk to we're all in this together we all work under the red hat umbrella so that was that's definitely something that is in the company i've experienced anyway the work that you do on the platform engineering team are there certain things that and I, don't give away business secrets i'm not asking <laughs> they you don't that, tell me but, those uh, anyway are there certain <laughs> are there things that that are being worked on or being developed that really get you excited for things that are coming down the pipeline? Uh, yeah, um, actually, one of the projects that I'm on that I'm very, very pleased to be uh, a part of is the Center Stream project. I don't know whether you've heard of that. Yes, I have. It is the, ups it is the upstream version of RHEL. It is how you can see uh, you can see features and things coming in from the external communities, not uh, be appearing in the next minor version of RHEL if they make it in there. I mean, it's really cool to be from the in coming out side of things. So I've seen a lot of the side of the door where it's like out coming in, but to be able to be on a project that's kind of built in coming out to come back in again is is really cool. It's like it's like a full circle moment. So I'm really excited for what's happening with that with the center stream project later this year. We actually have a um a part two so summers Red Hat Summit this year was in two parts. And um, we have a presentation coming up in part two, which is going to focus a lot more on the external contributions and how people can do that through Center Stream. So um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that in earnest happening in the coming months. 
Jeez. So you really have your hands full juggling all the things <laughs> dealing with, like you said, what's coming out of Fedora, what's coming into streams, the development from things in Red Hat that then get cycled back into streams. What kind of dynamic is there on the team? Like, is it is it just that, that group mentality of, hey, we've got all these things, but we're all going to work together and power through it together? Or is there is there another different breakdown with how the team actually functions? Uh, yeah, so there there is definitely certain people who work in certain areas. Um, there has been a, a concentrated effort in the last couple of years to break down some silos that were in the team previous. I wasn't working with those folks um, when those silos were very strong. I came in about 18 months ago into the, the CPE team and they were in the process of being broken down and trying to get a few more shared goals. And we've made a huge, like we've made a lot of strides to kind of unifying the team, a team that works with two distros. So it's not it's not easy to do, um, but definitely just with the nature of the work, there has to be some division. Uh, it might be a bad, I'm, I'm sorry, lad, please forgive me for saying it, but my best analogy is it's all fruit, but sometimes apples are apples and sometimes oranges are oranges and you just have to deal with some accordingly, you know, so that's yeah. that's the easiest way for me as a product owner, somebody who's scheduling work. To look at it that okay it's a, it's a whole team but sometimes the work needs to be parsed a little better so we have yeah well subject matter experts are always going to exist <laughs> yeah. and it, it, you're wise if you take advantage of the person who's an expert in that area exactly. so obviously i i wouldn't expect it to be you know one giant you know cornucopia of fruit and everybody <laughs> just grabs a random fruit if there's somebody who does better with oranges we'll let them take exactly. the oranges. Um, yeah that that definitely is something that i've seen work very well in the team recently like we have we have uh, people who are very strong in Fedora development, and it only makes sense for them to really focus on the Fedora stuff that's coming in. And um, we also have stuff that's very CentOS centric, and we have like we have the people who build CentOS Linux and the people who are building CentOS Stream in the team. And it's we our management team are very good that they will give opportunities for people within the team who have interest in the opposing sections to cross over. Like Michal, I'm giving you a shout out, but we have um. Uh, Mikhail, who's a developer primarily in Fedora, stepping into our central stream team in the last couple of months. And he works really as, he's um, working as an agile coach at the moment with it. And it's great. He's doing a fantastic job, but it's great to be able to say like, he was more, he's more focused on Fedora, but able to transfer over to central stream and vice versa. So to have that flexibility in the team is something that we probably do overlook more than we should. I think, in a way, it just kind of boils down to the fact that there needs to be all types of people in a team and on a team for the team to be able to function the best. You need people who are, you know, laser focused and skilled in an area. You need people that are generalists that have a good overview of everything. And you need the people that can kind of shift back and forth between one or two things and still cover it. Because if you just have all of one, well, you're only going to be successful early at one thing. The analogy I always use is if I go to my toolbox, it's not just full of screwdrivers. There's wrenches, there's hammers, there's all sorts of things in there. Because sometimes a job takes more than one exactly. thing. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any things that jump out to you that you've experienced and learned with Red Hat and with being on the CPE team that you never would have really considered before without having the experience and the exposure? I actually don't know how to answer that one. That's going to have to take me a minute. Like... Do you mean like technically or just in general? Either way. 
whatever whatever comes to mind definitely it's given me like i would have considered myself to the organized person don't ask family members they'll disagree but your personal life <laughs> and your work life are different i'm a different person once i get in these doors yes. so yes mother in work i'm very organized but um i i would have considered myself to be quite an organized person and i would have thought i have a lot of transferable skills that i can bring to uh community centric team that will help and boy was I underestimating how much organization would go into that <laughs> so definitely it's something that I had to reconsider joining um, CPE is just not really uh, not making these blanket statements of like yeah all we need is uh, one good project plan and a one size fits all and beautiful job done nobody can complain it doesn't actually work like that at all and uh, this team is living proof that you, know, you have to be a little bit more open and a little bit more accommodating and you know if you have to change we have to change and listening to people a little bit more and actually under, like understanding why why they feel that that's not working that, that's probably a lot of compassion yeah so that's one thing that i always find interesting when someone first gets into kind of project management is because there's there's this always this perception that oh well that's not hard you just make yeah. the plan and you tell people to do the things and it's like oh no oh no <laughs> there's 30 plans and all of those plans have to work together seamlessly and you're not just juggling what you think you're juggling what 30 people think <laughs> or 200 people think and their ideas and how they impact what you're doing mm -hmm. so it's it, project management is one of those interesting things where you need to be very structured and very organized, but simultaneously you need to be very flexible. <laughs> and those two things, like you initially think there's no way those two go together, but they actually kind of yeah, do. No, they're totally symbiotic. And if you don't have, if you don't have a mix of the two, maybe in something a little bit more structured, you'll be fine. But if, if I don't, if I'm all process and no people in open source, I'm screwed. <laughs> and like that if i'm all people and no process they're screwed so it's like yeah you have to be very a mix of the two when i started like perfect example would be like when i started in the team the current project the current big project that was underway was the fedora infrastructure data center mode. and uh, and i started I had been chatting with Lee and he's like, yeah, yeah, we're moving service. I'm like, grand, I'll do that. Like, I mean, I've done logistic planning and like, surely it's just, you know, you take a checklist and just make sure that things are going out. Then I met Stephen Smoojum. <laughs> and Smooj is another one of my favorite people, mentors of it. And uh, his his exact words were, ha, 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 old sweet child. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they they moved a hundred and seven and Kevin Penzie as well. Gosh, I mean, you can't have moved that Kevin. And um, they moved 117 servers across the United States and they didn't break sweat with it. And I learned a ton from them. They're the ones that kind of brought me through that. But it was it was pretty cool to um to think I was able to come in and just apply a very structured textbook project management thing to uh, a very open source based thing and it didn't really work out that way <laughs> so i mean the guide rail the guiding rails around it did but there was those little bits that you don't want to account for that you're perfectly laid plans on the ever factor in that really are your learning points so that was it yeah and the the open source aspect adds in another layer of complexity because in normal corporations somebody who's doing product management that's totally opaque oh. 
Like the only people who know what's going on and how things are supposed to work are, are people that know. Whereas with the open, you know, the open source concept and kind of the open management concept where everybody can see everybody can see all the parts yeah. and of course everybody has an opinion on all the little parts yeah. so it's not just oh i've got this thing i've decided this and i don't have to take feedback there's going to be tons of feedback mm -hmm. which brings us into the side that I, i've noticed in product management that a lot of times gets ignored which is the people management yeah. which are the people doing the work and they're kind of the important component if you want anything to get done so have you has there been anything that's that you've learned or has jumped out at you in working on that that human side of working with people because obviously everybody has their own lives. They're dealing with their own things mm -hmm. and they come to work. And even though we try to segment home life and work life, there's obviously always yeah. going to be blend mm -hmm. over. And that's a challenge for a company because obviously you're, you're trying to get something done, but you have all your team members that are the, the equation and all of the eccentricities and the things they're dealing with have an impact and you have to deal with. Are there things that you've learned along the way about dealing with that? Yeah, um, there was something that I would have always kind of made a point of doing. Well, actually, I, one thing that has always stuck out with me was I had done a project management course and there was a, I guess, speaker and the lady who spoke said, you know, the people deliver projects. And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. Um, and it, that really resonated with me because I think fundamentally, I, I know, as much as I like being organized, I like people more. I, 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 I like connecting with people. I like talking to them. So that particular sentence really resonated with me and I kind of made a mental note that yeah, I'm absolutely going to make sure that projects that I'm putting in front of the team are things that they will want to come to work and do you know like I'm not responsible for people's happiness but in work if I'm the product owner and I'm giving you the work I kind of am um, so I, I would I would always keep that in the back of my mind that you know would I be happy with this would I like to work on this how could I make this a little bit more a little bit more desirable to work on and try and make it a point to like get to know people. Like, have you got pets? Have you got a partner? How are they getting on? Whereabouts do you live? You have any nice family? And I'll make a mental note of mm -hmm. pets and children and partner's names. And I'll ask them about them because I know it's nice when people ask me about my family because they're important to me too. So it's, I, I find it good to, to just take that extra few minutes to actually just connect with people who you work with and work for because we are all in this together. So that's something that I definitely came into the team with, but really, really uh, refined. And I'm still refining going through as well. Yeah, that's something that I think the, the tech field as a whole has been has been working strongly in. Uh, because obviously, you know, if we look, turn the clock back a decade or two decades, the people who were in tech were pretty much their own loners. They were doing their thing. They, you know, they enjoyed other people that were yeah. exactly like them who were also loners doing their own thing. <laughs> And yeah, they all worked together online, but there was a lot of disjointedness yeah. in it, it wasn't a family, so to speak. Whereas as open source has grown and as, you know, companies like Red Hat and Canonical and SUSE have, have grown over the years and they've developed those internal communities um, and that internal culture, it's become much more of an actual community and not just people that are doing the same thing that happens to work together. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that even though it's, you know, we look at it and we go, oh, 10, 20 years, that's a long time. It's really not for the shift that has happened that we've been able to have in the community over that span. Because, I mean, I look at where I was and what I was doing 20 years ago, and I look at where I am and what I'm doing now. Like, that, that's actually, you know, that is a, a decent amount of time. But at the same time, I also go, 
But no, but wait, hold on. The nineties were how long ago? <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't yeah. be that long ago. They were they were just like last week. What are you talking about? Nobody can convince me the nineties were twenty years ago. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that classic saying of like, you know, time moves fast mm-hmm. and blink of an eye obviously i i think the answer to this next question is going to be yourself but i want to see if you can maybe extend that out a little more can you think of an example of how open source or getting involved in open source has changed someone's life in a positive way oh it probably yeah i i look i can't um i can't really think of anybody outside of myself i think it would probably inappropriate for me to comment on somebody else's life that uh, the choices they've made so i better stick to speaking about myself because i have some sort okay. of authority there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can call myself out of my own bullshit then. But um, yeah, it's definitely changed my life for the better. I am definitely a better person overall from being part of a, an actual open source community because, I mean, they teach you tolerance, but they also teach you con- confidence and respect. And like, all you have to do is spend some time on the developer lists that exist uh, to get a good strong lesson in what is appropriate and what is inappropriate and where you should exercise compassion and where you should exercise your own self-belief in something. And I respect people who firmly believe that they're correct in something. And I can also recognize where people are quite bang out of order. And what I really, really like is seeing people who may have misspoken in the heat of a, a, an exchange owning that like there is accountability there and people will come back and say yes you're right and i apologize and that takes an awful lot so taking that to myself as well like yeah that's changing for the better i find it easier to apologize and actually mean it (laughs) and not just say sorry for the sake of it what and this can be community this can be technical Are, are there any things that you think we as a community should be focused on more than we are or things that are of a higher importance that we don't. I'm not sure. I have to. Yeah. It's it is that that is a tough one. Um, because because I'm not really invested in the technical side of things, and and I don't mean that as in like I don't care about it. I just don't know enough about it to understand the the repercussions of certain decisions and things like that. It's tricky to answer, but um, I do think the changes that we are seeing when people are mo- removing like the the negative terms from them, like the changing things to like block list and removing the master terminology things. They're something that people are focusing on. So I don't want to say they should be doing that. This isn't a revelation. Like it's it's happening, but it's something that should be across the board and like nearly priority because at the end of the day, these are terms that are affecting people and people are who are delivering projects and projects are what people enjoy working on. So it's all one big circle that if we don't take care of those people, if we don't take care of each other, like what are we even doing? That's the point. So that would be something that I would love to see really, really just done. <laughs> you know, it's being embraced, but to be done and not be a thing anymore. So if there's somebody out there that's listening to this and they're considering, yeah, you know, I, I'm interested in technology. I, I, I'm kind of curious about this open source thing. What advice would you give them if they're if they're still kind of on the fence? Um, I would definitely strongly suggest attending those conferences that that are put together um, both virtually and hopefully in person someday soon. Um, but like the likes of 
nest with Fedora or the release parties that Fedora have, as I said, that's dojos. Um, I mean, they are fantastic to join and to listen in. They're probably easier to get it. It's, it's, I would imagine it's easier to get involved in open source now with things online so much rather than in-person conferences. Because if you're on the fence about something, you're not going to pay for a plane ticket to go on to a conference that you're not really sure about. But it's going to cost you very little, maybe some time to join um, the next Fedora release party and figure out, well, what's going on here? Join a pop quiz. There's prizes that you get six months after. But still. <laughs> um, but I would definitely suggest like getting involved in online conferences and like dipping your toes in there and getting involved in listening to some podcasts. Like, um, you know, like Googling, Googling open source communities, see what crops up, join. Like, I mean, Fedora has a great, a great way to get contributors involved. Like they, they have the badges that are just really cool that like really make you feel like, oh yeah, this is kind of fun. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with starting with Fedora. Yeah. And I think actually you're a perfect example of how someone does not have to be highly technical or an experienced coder <laughs> to get involved, join the community and not only find a spot where they can fit, but find a spot where they're able to give back to the community themselves and to help the broader community itself grow and become even better. Thank you. That's, that's a very nice thing to say. <laughs> I like helping people. I, I would love to think that I can, that people in the wider communities actually feel like I'm contributing in some weird way. I, I'm, I don't do the, I don't do the merge commits or the PRs or anything like that that the guys and the girls and the people behind it all do. I'm not contributing in that fashion, but I would like to and do try to be an active member of the community, even if it is just to hang around better on, on IRC and chat or like join conferences or reach me on email or ping me or whatever. If I can help schedule projects that will benefit users and they think that that's helping them and I'm part of that, I'm delighted. <laughs> that's a win for me. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, I think I think our point is to make people's lives better. Because as you said before, you know, if we're not doing that, then 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 what's the point? Yeah, definitely. Well, I have really appreciated you taking the time to, to sit down and chat with me today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for, for what you do with, uh, with the community um, and keep up the great work. Thanks. Thank you very much, Shiji. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is my first podcast, so I hope it wasn't. Well, you did wonderful. <laughs> I hope I didn't ruin it. I didn't swear half as much. You don't have to bleep out too much things either. So, but thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm beyond humbled that my my position in the CPE team and in the community has led me to this kind of an opportunity. This is what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you.